Hey everybody, when you hear that music, you know for the 147th episode of On the Lighter Side of Baseball, we are ready to rock and roll in our pre-World Series special. This week is going to be great. Yes, sir, we're going to have some good guests. We're going to start off in about a half an hour with Craig Kashan. As you know, he's the co-host and most frequent guest on the lighter side of baseball, and he'll be talking a little baseball in the midst of his work with the Milwaukee Bucks. The Bucks play in Milwaukee tonight, and uh, we'll get a little preview, I suppose, on how the Bucks are doing. They look like they're 2-0. and Haven't played as many games as the Bulls, but uh, they're better than the Bulls. Anyway, baseball, back to baseball, back to the World Series. This is the World Series between the Philadelphia Phillies and the Houston Astros. And one question I ask all of you is, and this will get you a free barbecue dinner in Kansas City if you can track me down, which team, the Philadelphia Phillies or the Houston Astros, have the highest payroll of the remaining two teams in baseball? So they are the remaining two teams in baseball. We were on the air predicting the Dodgers would be playing the Astros. Uh, Craig, Went with the Dodgers. I did not. I thought the Cardinals would be in the World Series. I was wrong, although I thought the Cardinals would have a little trouble. I did not realize that home team fever would strike and infect three out of the four home teams in the wild card round. That's correct. Can you believe it? Of the four wild card games, only one, and that was the Cleveland Guardians, the Guardies. Uh, the Guardians of the Bridge over the Monongahela River, which is no longer on fire. Yeah, great movie, Major League, starring Bob Uecker and all sorts of other people. Anyway, uh, Cleveland was the only team to hold serve in the wild card. Other than that, the Mets lost in the wild card. Hard to believe, but they did. And the other losing teams... In, in those games are pretty uh, pretty amazing. I mean, who would have thought that the uh, losers of the home field advantage would be so prominent during the playoffs? Yeah, I mean, that is totally amazing. So, uh, and the losing continued in the wild card, or the home team, the curse of the home team guys. Um, you had the Cardinals lose. <laughs> that was, you know, Quintana pitched a really good game and didn't deserve to lose. Uh, you got to have middle relief. You got to have a closer. You got to have it all in the playoffs. And I thought the Cardinals would go to the World Series. I was wrong. The Philadelphia Phillies beat them without playing one game at home under the new format. All three of the wild card games were at the team with the better record. And that would have been the St. Louis Cardinals. And they lost. The Mets lost to the Padres. Who would have believed that? You know, the Mets just kind of collapsed in September. They need to maybe think of the season starting in May so that they'll have a pretty good September uh, because they don't play in April. But, you know, that's not going to happen. But uh, Cohen, their rich, the richest manager and richest owner in baseball, will just go out and try to get Aaron Judge. Boy, would that be something? Aaron Judge in New York on the other side of the ledger from the New York Yankees who laid the biggest egg in baseball. And then the Blue Jays lost at home, um, which is uh, pretty amazing to the Mariners. Yeah, the Mariners came up, beat the uh, 
Blue Jays in the Rogers Center or whatever it's called today. So you had the Cardinals, you had the Mets, and you had the uh, Blue Jays, three favorites, all playing at home. Uh, Fail to hold serve. It's an old tennis term for you folks that don't really understand tennis. I don't really understand tennis. But anyway, the home field advantage continued to be squandered. The Braves, who got a bye in the first round, and it's really not like the World Series of my day. It's not like you play for 154 or 162 games and the winner of each league goes to the World Series. That's the best way to have it. And then you truly have a champion. The American League versus the National League. Now, this is much more like, and it gets more every, every day, uh, with expansion coming down the road in a couple of years, you'll have 32 teams, four divisions, eight in each division. How many will make the playoffs right now? You've got two extra teams this year, so I think they're up to 14. Could be 12. I can't, I'd count and do the math if I wanted to, but I don't. It's pretty much like the NCAA tournament after the first weekend. After the first weekend of the NCAA, you get down to 16 teams. And that's about what Major League Baseball is going to be looking at down the road in four or five years for the next labor agreement. They're going to have to give on that, have more playoff games, make more money, twist the players' arms, the World Series share is going to probably go above 300 grand this year. When uh, Nelly got his playoff share of winning the division with the um, Chicago White Sox, it's about forty thousand dollars in nineteen eighty-three. That's a lot of money. So I'm not sure what the World Series share will be, but I bet it's right up near three hundred thousand dollars. That's a, just a guess. And so the Braves go home with home field advantage. They lose, and the Dodgers go home after having home field advantage. After the Padres came in and beat them on their home field, man. And and I predicted that Craig did not. We'll talk to Craig a little bit about that. A lucky guess. I didn't think that the Dodgers had that kind of pitching. I thought the Cardinals did have that kind of pitching. And uh, all in all, I thought the most exciting thing so far in the playoffs has been the uh, play- the uh, wild card playoffs, best of five. I think the – here's my revolutionary idea. I think the wild card should be five. Not sure how you punish the wild card team any more than playing all the games away. Maybe the, uh, you know, maybe it's like the FedEx Cup, the last tournament in the FedEx Cup race for the $20 million or $30 million or whatever they bump it to because of live golf. Maybe uh, the wild card teams start out every game losing three to nothing. You know, like the FedEx, uh, the guy who's done the best uh, during the course of the year starts out at um, five under par and everybody else starts out at whatever. I know that's a stupid idea, but yet they got to, they got to stop letting the wild card teams win. Three out of four wild card teams won the first round and now they're in the world series. One of them, 333 average. I, my math's right. One out of three of the wild card teams went to the world series. Now, that just is the way it is. This is like the final four. It's not like the old world series. So get over it. 
if the Yankees aren't in it, boo-hoo, and the Dodgers aren't in it, boo-hoo, then you got who you got. And, you know, that's a profound statement because what you got is the Houston Astros uh, prevailing over the Yankees. You know, the Astros have not lost a playoff game yet. And the Phillies head to Houston, and they will face for the first time in the history, and if Joe Buck was still doing the broadcast, he would say something stupid like this, an arcane like this, but I thought of this in the middle of the night, which shows you how little sleep I get. This will be the first time that the number one starter for the home team, the team with the best record, and the number two starter for the home team, the Houston Astros, their last name starts with a V. V is in victory. Yeah, how often does that happen? Verlander and Vasquez. Go figure. Anyway, the advantage to the Astros, I picked the Phillies. The Phillies are going to upset them. I don't like it, but I'm not a Bryce Harper fan, but holy moly, is the guy hot. They need to do the Joe Madden treatment of Bryce Harper. Four, put him on, put him on, put him on, put him on. Don't let you beat him. However, the guy behind him is none other than the guy the Chicago Cubs never should have gotten rid of, and that's Nick Castellanos, who's never seen a ball he doesn't want to swing at. He's the Yogi Berra of the current generation of hitters. That's right. Nick Castellanos is fuego. And <clears throat> he was asked last year, I think, after he went to the um, Cincinnati Reds, maybe, before he signed with the Phillies, he was asked, why did you leave the Cubs? And he said, I want to play for a winner. I want to be there at the end. I want to win. And he's crazy. I don't know. I'm just saying his on-field demeanor is, and I say that in a very positive way, he is crazy about winning. He is their John Lackey and their uh, Lester. The Cubs had those two guys, Lackey and Lester, that would not let those guys let down every day. And then you had Rossi. And then you had, you know, as I said last time, you got to have a coalition that bridges the, the cultural gaps of these teams. And those guys that can do it, and teams that have that, like a Castellanos, um, who I just guess bridges that gap. Now, on Friday, two days from now, the first day of the World Series before the game starts, we are going to have the father of the third base coach of the Philadelphia. You go, God, yes. That was my nickname in college. Yes. Kind of fitting for a baseball show, don't you think? Anyway, they would say, man, can't you get anybody besides the dad of a third base coach? Now, this dad happened to manage the Kansas City Royals, the Omaha Royals has still the record for the most stolen bases ever by a catcher in the major leagues, played 10 years at least with the Royals, and is a great guy. And he's been a guest of the pod, podcast on numerous occasions, but his son, Dusty, third base coach, maybe we'll get a little insight. Maybe we'll get a, more, a little bit more info on Bryce Harper. I couldn't get much out of Sammy Solis. And I got to have Sammy back on the show. Couldn't get much out of Sammy Solis, but I think you know, I might be able to get a little insight but, I mean, how do you knock Harper? They're starting five. I mean, holy moly, it's going to be tough to tough to pitch to those guys. You have Schwarber <clears throat> that has uh, turned into a mini Babe Ruth. He looks like the Babe, doesn't he? The Bambino. 
Another guy the Cubs let go. So it used to be that if your team had three former Cub players, <coughs> excuse me. No, I'm not at a doctor's exam. That was just a cough. If <laughs> I got to throw some levity in, right? It's the letters out of baseball. But I, you know, I listen to these podcasts. And there's some funny stuff in there. Every now and then I come up with something funny. And uh, you never know when that's going to be. Anyway, the mini Bambino, three Cub factor. They've got Schwarber. They've got um, Castellanos. And they have David Robertson. So there they go. But here's the... The starting lineup, Schwarber, Hoskins, Real Muto, Harper, Castellanos. And then it's four guys at Dombrowski. Speaking of a great baseball man, is there anybody better? He's in the Hall of Fame, or he will be. I mean, my goodness gracious, he fires Joe Giardi, and I can understand that, and hires a, a bench coach who's been in a career Philly guy, and the only Thompson I know that doesn't have a P in his last name. You know, how do you have the name Thompson without a P? Really? Bobby Thompson? Speaking of spectacular home runs, and we're going to go over some spectacular home runs with with Craig when he gets on. Uh, spectacular home runs that either one of us have witnessed or have watched on TV or listened to on the radio. Bobby Thompson's probably the most famous because it has a catchy little title, The Shot Heard Around the World, off of Ralph Branca. And... The controversy is, did he know what the pitch was when it came in? Did Billy Martin steal the signal from the scoreboard operator? Did he have a code like the Houston Astros? And speaking of codes, everybody hates the Astros, I guess, because uh, of the controversial cheating champs. But all the cheating champs, for the most part, are either gone or, you know, weren't that instrumental in the cheating scandal. Bregman is still around, and um, Altuve, who went one for like 100 in the playoffs. Oh, my God, he's picked a bad time to go into a streak, a bad streak. But anyway, so that's the Phillies' power, and then you've got their two guns that don't have a V in their last name, but Wheeler, who may start game one, although Thompson, without a P, said that the first start will go to Nola. Nola. N-O-L-A, no, that's a great name. And his brother caught for the Padres in, in a rally inning when they won the game against the against the uh, um, Phillies and beat Nola. His brother, Nola, another Nola, Nola Contendre, got a hit. And um, I think he's three for 10, three for 11 off his brother. Not too bad. That's pretty cool. Dad had a Phillies shirt. The mom had a Padres shirt. Mom gets to go home. The dad goes to the World Series because he was loyal. Just kidding. Okay. So there we have it. That's the stage. It's all set. Then the bullpens. They're both bullpens are pretty good. Now the Astros, man, they got the one guy that like he's rocking his baby to sleep and then he throws the ball. Ah, that's so weird. So weird. And long hair is in. Hair out of control is in. Um, the shift is in. Seven more games with the shift. Hoorah, the shift will be gone as of the end of game seven of the 2022 World Series. And I can't tell you how happy, happy, happy that makes me. So famous home runs that I know I witnessed or heard about besides Bobby Thompson. I was one years old when Bobby hit the shot heard around the world. I did not hear it in Chicago at the age of one. Didn't hear it. Although, you know, <clears throat> Jack Brickhouse, the Chicago 
Cubs and White Sox TV broadcaster called. No, nah, that wasn't it. It was a 54 game. Sorry, I was wrong when Willie Mays made that great catch in center field. That was Jack Brickhouse. Um, oh, man. There was a real, Russ Hodges was the broadcaster, I think, and he was famous for that call. The Giants win the pennant. Oh, man. I mean, that was from the heart. It wasn't like prearranged, like, do you believe in miracles? Come on, Al. Anyway, I know I'm getting off the subject, but I like to get off the subject. It keeps me fresh. So other home runs, Bill Mazeroski, 1960. I was 10 years old. I was in Kalamazoo, Michigan. I was with my mom and dad. My dad was talking to a client in Kalamazoo, Michigan, designing a house for him. And I'm sitting back room, staying out of the way. And they were trying to keep me quiet. And all of a sudden, uh, Bill Mazeroski hits a grand slam home run in the bottom of the ninth inning at Forbes Field to beat the New York Yankees. Woo-hoo. That was great. Uh, another great playoff home run that I saw was the grand slam Miguel Montero hit. Mickey hit off of uh, the Los Angeles Dodgers to propel the Cubs to a win in the National League Championship Series in 2016 when they ultimately went to Cleveland and uh, hit three more spectacular home runs. Now, there were some good home runs by the opponents, then known as the, now this is going to be hard to say because it's just a name of the past, the Cleveland Indians, gone, sorry. I guess you can still say it because that was the name of their team, but the three home runs I remember in that, uh, number one, you go, we go, Dexter Fowler hit one, and then uh, David Ross hit one, and um, in that same game, I think Jay Hay may have hit one. So it was like, wow. And then Schwarber's home run that landed on top of the uh, right field new scoreboard. And that's still up there as a monument. Those were spectacular. Then move forward to um, Kirk Gibson's home run. You know, um, that was pretty cool. And uh, uh, Joe Buck was on the, uh, on the call, not, the other Buck, but the original Joe Buck. And then another exciting home run was um, Joe Carter in the first World Series played north of the border. And I was at game one. He did not hit a game-winning home run there. Game six, he hit it. Oh, my God. That was pretty spectacular. So there you have it. I am going to uh, take a break. We're going to listen to some uh, music that Tyler comes up with. And when we come back, we'll be joined by none other than the voice of the Milwaukee Brewers pregame, postgame, and the Milwaukee Bucks, my buddy, Craig Kashan. Everybody, we are back on the live side of baseball brought to you by, or at least you can hear this podcast. You know, when we started, this is a, this is episode 147. That's over four years. You do the math, but there weren't, you know, there were a few people in the free world that did not have a podcast. And uh, now it seems like everybody has a podcast, although this is the greatest and the most listened to in a, uh, 
on the contiguous side of the United States, or at least the side of Berwyn, Illinois. Anyway, we're having fun. It, uh, it keeps us out of trouble, and it's on Spotify, Apple, iTunes, SoundCloud, my Facebook, if I still have one. And um, I think that's it. Anyway, you guys have been listening, and you know where you get your podcast from, and uh, most listeners are uh, continuing to enjoy it. So we're going to continue doing it. Hopefully, you can tell somebody about it that enjoys it, and uh, then we'll go from there. So we've got the World Series to talk about again. We've got Craig Kashan coming on here in a few minutes. And uh, we did the first segment. And uh, due to a technical glitch, uh, i.e. my ability to keep track of my calendar, uh, Craig was doing a few other things. He's employed, so I give him the benefit of the doubt. He had a few things to do, and now he'll be joining us here in uh, just a few minutes. And uh, while he uh, was doing his work, I decided to uh, go through some of my memorabilia and pulled out just a couple things that remotely pertain to the World Series or at least some significant part of the World Series or some significant memorabilia. The first thing I came to was a 1959 World Series program. That was the first World Series I ever attended. I went there with my dad. I think I've told you before, I was in the upper deck Minnie Minoso had been traded, so he wasn't playing left field. Al Smith was, the guy that got the beer poured on him in the famous photograph, said help keep Chicago clean. They cropped out to keep Chicago clean and just showed in the picture beer being poured on Al Smith's head with the word help in the background in bright yellow on the green wall at the old Comiskey Park. And uh, I thought that was really one of the more significant events I ever attended had the opportunity and the good fortune to spend with my dad. Uh, somehow he was able to, God bless him, get tickets to the game. We were in the upper deck in the left field and it was great. I mean, it was great. What more could a nine-year-old kid ask for? And then, uh, you know, we bought a pennant. I still have that pennant. Uh, it helps me remember everybody on that team. And I think I know most of the numbers from those guys on the team. So that's how events with your kids can leave, is it an indelible mark in their brain? I don't know if that's the right phraseology, but if it's not, so be it. It left a big, big spot in my mark, I can, in my brain. I can remember of the starting lineup of the game that I saw. Now, I'm not sure if Bob Shaw pitched that last game or Dick Donovan or Billy Pierce. I, I, I hope it was Pierce because I have his hat right behind me uh, in my memorabilia collection room. Anyway, uh, Aparicio Fox second in uh, short, Klazuski at first. Either Gene, let's see, I think it was either, uh, I think it was Bubba Phillips playing third. Sammy Esposito was a utility guy. He had Al Smith in left, Jim Lannis in center, and Jim Rivera. Jungle Jim Rivera, number seven for the Chicago White Sox in right field, and Sherm Lawler, uh, the slowest catch in baseball, had more singles off of the left field wall at Comiskey Park than anybody could ever imagine. And uh, then they had in the bullpen, you had the closers of Turk Clown and Jerry Staley. You had Rodolfo Arias. On that same team was Barry Latman. On that same was Johnny Romano, Johnny Callison, Norm Cash. Now, they all left, you know, there was no free agency back then, but, uh, you know, contrary to what a lot of fans think, 
people change teams. Harry Suitcase Simpson didn't get nicknamed Suitcase for nothing. So anyway, Harry, a uh, great nickname, nicknames. We had that episode where what happened to nicknames? You know, there, there just aren't that many nicknames around. Anyway, had that great memorabilia. And I've got the ticket stub from the 59 World Series. Wasn't mine. I bought it at a show. Uh, then I ran into a 1933 uh, White Sox program that I have. And back in those days, they printed the lineups. And it was Gehrig, Ruth, and Chapman. And interestingly, and you call this coincidental, you call it fate, you can call it uh, whatever you want, insignificant, serendipity, whatever. Garrig, Ruth, Chapman, all signed the ball that I have tucked away in my collectibles here at home, along with Cal Ripken Jr. And Cal Ripken Jr. authenticated that ball. So anyway, we are going to uh, pause again. We're going to see if we can uh, get the elusive Craig Kashan to join the program. And when he does, we'll be off to the races. So hold on, hear a little music, and we'll be back in a, just a jiffy. Hey, everybody. After, you know, a couple failed attempts, mainly because I didn't read my handwriting and know what time this show was going to start, we have, as promised, our co-host, not our sponsor, Craig Kashan, voice of the Milwaukee Brewers, Bucks, and who else? Well, that's enough. That's enough. Family. He's the family voice. How are you doing, Craig? I'm doing well, man. Good to see you. Good, uh, good to hear from you. Fun time of year. Got the World Series starting up. The Bucks have started up. The Packers suck for the first time in like 30 years. Yeah, baby. The Bears are doing pretty good, man. Oh, man. You sound like these other delusional Bears fans. You couldn't believe this talk radio like, like the Bears won the Super Bowl just because they didn't get their butt kicked by Belichick. Well, I mean, they won the game, didn't they? They did win the game. It actually looked like football. You know, and actually, they had uh, success in all three phases. The games before, one ended with the Vikings, where the guy gains 30 yards, doesn't go out of bounds, tries to fight with like 12 seconds left, fumbles the ball. And then they lost to the frigging commanders who beat the Packers. Go yeah. figure. Well, everyone's beating the Packers lately, so. Yeah, you know, it breaks me it's up. Uh, I feel bad for... This is Aaron. not a week-to-week thing up here in Packerland. I think this is the uh, the end has come. So, oh, I think he's sulk. You know, he he seems to sulk on certain parts of the season. He'll stop sulking about Avante, whatever his name is, going away and pushing and assaulting photographers in Kansas City. That wasn't very nice of your former not in your hometown. Friend. Knock yeah. that off. I'll tell you what. I I get in such a good mood over the World Series. Um, and I was thinking about this when I woke up at three in the morning to get ready for your podcast. Your wow. podcast. And there are only seven more potential games with a shift. Isn't that great? It'll, <laughs> you know, whether that's a year or two gone, that'll be great. I don't know how the Astros are going to win with such small bases too, by the way. Oh, I, that could be great. 
I mean, Altuve <laughs> can write him down for 80 stolen bases. If he, if he can hit his way, man, he went south. Hugh Darvish, is, it's going to be interesting. I want to watch the first Padre game with a pitch clock because that son of a gun, once every two to three minutes, he throws a pitch. And yeah, there's a few guys like that. I, I'm telling you, man, it's going to be it's going to be quite a different spring training to get these guys used to this stuff. Uh, you know what? I I I don't. They may bitch about it more than they don't perform. I think they're gonna. You know, it's like 24 second clock, or they, these guys figure it out. They're just not gonna like it, and uh, some of them won't. Uh, it's uh, now they're. I was thinking as these games went by, there are a lot of other shenanigans these guys can do to maybe stop the clock from going. So it's going to be interesting to see what umpires enforce that and how they enforce it and everything. So I'm, yeah, you're right. Spring training is going to be uh, good. We might have to go down to uh, together to watch the Brewers play down in Arizona. I'm, I'm game. Uh, let me check the budget in the lighter side of baseball and see if we can um, pay for a taco when you're down there. Well, if we do, um, if we did a Brewers Cubs spring training game, we sh- that should be affordable. So that'd be like a two for one. That'd be great you know, as far as covering the game goes. And then, and then we could, you know, don't tell your tax guy or Uncle Sam, but we could like each write that one game off. Then, so I don't have any income to write it off, buddy. <laughs> the show <laughs> you need income to write off things. Oh, that's funny. However, have you watched? Have you watched Peyton Manning and his brother on the uh, ESPN? Um, way more entertaining than, than listening to Joe Buck and, and uh, Troy Aikman yeah. or really anybody else. You know, it's some dead time, but I, I, a lot of times I'll just turn down. So I love those guys. Here's the connection. You and me, we go down and we do a demo at the uh, Cubs-Brewers game of you and I talking about the game and then we send that to uh, Ballet Sports Network and we turn it into an everyday event. Now, you may have to do triple duty, but, you know, you and me talking about a game while we're sitting there would be interesting to, to me. Yeah, well, it would, well, you have one person in your audience then, so that's good. <laughs> you know, ESPN does that a little bit where... Uh, this is kind of like when Dwayne Stats and I decided to write a book together and then... so. Day later, Stats calls me and says, you know, somebody already wrote a book about that. We we're going to write a book about guys that played one game in the major leagues, which I thought would be kind of interesting. Oh, yeah. That Greenberg guy that went up to bat and got hit, and then that was the end of his career. But there are about 20 or 30 one-game one wonders, like the guy in the Field of Dreams. Anyway, yeah. um, so ESPN has a few guys, but it's like Frank Thomas or boring guys. You and I would be like tearing it up. I'm, I'm – we're going to do a demo and, and I don't, I don't, don't think, think the, it's, don't you think it's a little odd <clears throat> that the ESPN got um, Troy Aikman and Joe Buck to come over from Fox to do Monday night football. And that's pretty much all they do. Right. Uh, and, and at the same time, they provide another one of their networks with the Manning brothers and t- take away, I mean, look, they're still the top duo probably in all of sports and broadcasting. What, whether you like them or not, I just find it pretty remarkable that they wanted them to come over and do that game, yet they simulcast on another channel 
that is quite popular having the Manning brothers over there and having enormous named guests that they bring in throughout the game. I, I just find that pretty amazing. I, I don't understand the business decision on that when they're spending millions on their, on their broadcaster to actually do the game. And then the, and then these guys are doing a simulcast, which I don't know what, what that costs them, but they're not doing that for free. You know that. And I'll tell you what, folks, all of you listeners out there, you just heard why we have Craig Kashan on this show as often as we can. Profound, esoteric point that I never thought about, but he's right. They're biting themselves. Number one, they're losing their butt. Why they can afford to do that with Aikman and, and Buck, but apparently they're not losing their butt. And then they go and they have that other show compete with it, which... Uh, you know, as soon as that show's over, they shoot back to Aikman doing uh, a recap of the game. You're right. That's weird. Now, it is It is odd. I thought Al Michaels, uh, away from uh, Collinsworth or whatever his name is, uh, is is not good with that Herb Street guy. I don't I don't like that. But that that production is so bad on Amazon that they need a couple of years to come up to speed. And then the other, it was like they were the three or four networks um we're competing for you know all those guys left and got big bucks michael's got big bucks yeah and um and tarico got promoted to sunday night football i'm sure we can maybe we can't get president obama to come on but i mean we might be able to get the mayor of cicero or the mayor of is there a mayor in madison i mean maybe that would be good yeah, but I'd prefer to not to get the mayor of Madison on and we could do another mayor, maybe another local small How about town. Bob Mayor? He's a hell of a guy. Hey, so <laughs> on the uh, in a minute, I'm going to get to the uh, current World Series, but I showed you my program of the White Sox game I went to, game six, they got beat. Some guy, I bought this program at a, at a show, just I didn't look at it. It's kind of like my calendar. I didn't look at it to see when I was calling you. So here's the lineup, and I think I've heard of these guys only probably because I was there. Leading off for the Dodgers, Junior Gilliam, Charlie Neal, Wally Moon, Duke Snyder, Gil Hodges, Norm Larker, uh, Johnny Roseboro, Maury Wills, and Johnny Padres started that game. Now, is that cool? Yes. I mean, you got so, so explain to your audience which which year you're talking about. That's a see again. Uh, the guy is worth every cent that on the lighter side of baseball pays him. That was uh, 1959. There you go. And the White Sox won the first. Just to recap for my listeners, the White Sox won Game One at Comiskey Park, the real Comiskey Park. Uh, they killed. It was like 11 to four. They dropped the second game, went out to the West Coast, dropped two out of three. So they needed to sweep six and seven to win the World Series uh, for Al Lopez and those Chicago White Sox. And of course, game six that I went to, everything was cruising along okay. Um, it was uh, uh, nothing to nothing until the third inning. The Dodgers scored two, and in the fourth inning, they scored six and turned out the lights. That was it. The White yeah. Sox lineup, again, Hall of Famers. This is 59. Louis Aparicio, Nellie Fox, Jim Landis, Nor, uh, Sherm Lawler, Ted Klazuski, Al Smith, because Minnie Minosa got traded, Bubba Phillips, a guy named Jim McEnany, who I remember like yesterday, and early 
not to be confused with late loss win, early win. One of the yeah. great Hall of Famers. Unique thing about early win. Again, I'm just on fire today. He's the only pitcher in the Hall of Fame to win 300 games. Isn't that amazing? The only pitcher. What? That's not right. Oh, yeah. Check it. To win, huh? He won 300 games. Nobody else in the Hall of Fame has done that. <laughs> Come on now. No, a lot of guys have won 303, 310, 320. Oh, got you. Oh, see, you got me on that. Right on the number. Wow. Okay. Second. That's good. You can see okay, in the so, production. And meeting. I don't know the answer to this, but how many how many 300 game plus winners are in the Hall of Fame? Uh, I don't 16. know the answer. Huh? 16? <laughs> I, <have no, laughs> I have no idea. No, I know that Tommy John with 288 should be in the Hall of Fame. He's not. Yeah. And um, just one other guy I go crazy about. Oh, Roger Maris, he didn't pitch. Okay. So at the production meeting, I hold some stuff back from Craig. So he's coming in clean on some of these. Here's the last quiz of the day that I can think of. Of the teams playing in the World Series 2022, Houston Astros, Philadelphia Phillies, who has the higher payroll? Well, that's a good question. Wild card versus the American League champion. I'd still have to go with the Astros. Yeah, I would too, but they're not. <clears throat> they're ninth behind a multitude of Dodger, Mets, Yankees, Red Sox, Cubs. Philadelphia has the fourth highest payroll. Who in the world are they paying besides Harper? Uh, Real Muto. like 40, uh, isn't he? Nola, Wheeler, Syndergaard. Um, yeah. You know, they've got... Um, uh, oh, they're paying Castellanos, I think, a pretty penny. I love that guy. He's the Bob Lackey of the... 2022 Phillies. John Lackey. I don't know. Bob Lackey played basketball for the Kings, maybe. Anyway, I don't know. Kashan's going, what the hell is he? Where's it going? All right. Well, let's get out of the 1950s for a second here. Can you find a newer program? <laughs> we, we, I went back. This is the 147th podcast of Lighter Side of Baseball by me. Uh, of this season? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> We've drifted off this season. We go for quality this year. You so this been... is 147. So are we like when we get to 150, is there a goal to and? Uh, ride into the sunset, do you think? Or are we going to keep this going? I you mean, know, are I, you, my I've, sponsorship I've, pockets are getting pretty light right now. I've given this a lot of thought. My inclination vacillates, but I'm inclined because I think next year is going to be fun. And because of commitments I've made to my listeners, I think we're on for one more year. Wow. So you can kiss that 150 celebration goodbye. And I got you booked. I got you lined up because 148 is to near 149 is uh, going to be John Wathan, whose kid coaches third base for Philadelphia. So that's going to be pretty cool. And uh, then back to you for 150 in, uh, in, in uh, time to finish up the World Series. So I know you haven't had time to fit that into your calendar, but I'll talk to your agent and see if we can do that. Yeah. So I went back and listened to our last podcast, October 5th, before the playoffs started, and you were adamant. I said the Dodgers don't have it. I don't think they're going to win. You were adamant that the Dodgers were going to win, and I was more adamant that the Cardinals were going to win. 
<laughs> so that really worked out well. well that worked well. We right on. Why we went about 30 days between podcasts. <laughs> we, I like your math, but it would only be 26. Okay, now back to reality. Can you believe all the home teams lo- losing? I mean, in in every round, the uh, not all of them, but a lot. Yeah, and I don't, you know, every every year something. I I think in baseball, I can't put my finger on it. You know why? If it's, you know, they they linger around with uh, by by days and and uh, ruin the momentum. Like I I for the life of me don't know why we're taking five days off between uh, the end of the league championship series and the start of the World Series. I, I think that's I, I just don't think it's right in a lot of ways. First and foremost, from the standpoint, I think these guys would rather be playing and should be it's baseball you play it every day and and secondly i don't know you know at a time where you're constantly trying to build your brand and gain younger a, a younger audience and a new audiences uh why you there's nothing going on this week in sports <laughs> you should be playing your baseball games right now carrying the momentum of league championship series and upsets and and all that, and and you got two really decent market teams going head to head as well in Houston and Philly. So that part's kind of puzzling to me. But you know, I went off on a rant there. But but just to answer your question, it it to me, I like the fact that the, a team like the Phillies basically played on the road for almost, if not three weeks, because they finished their last nine regular season games on the road, went on on the road and beat uh, the Cardinals and then immediately went on the road to face San Diego. What they play two home games in that before they won that series. I mean, they've hardly been at home since like the second week of September, if you think about it. No, I think you're right. They um, split in San Diego. So they would have that was the uh, AL, the NLCS. They would have had to win four, so they must have won four, three in a row. Back. Yeah. Home. So I mean that that, but think about the the amount of road games that they have played to finish out the regular season to win two series and then you know get to where they are now. It's crazy. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, it's become more like the final, like the NCAA tournament, than like what I remember or maybe even the 1982 World Series back in that era, since you don't like the 50s and 60s, where <laughs> the, the two best teams that won, uh, and I don't know when the, the four divisions and the wild card and all the different playoffs came in, but I liked it when the team that won the season played the other league and that was it. And, and now it's more like I equate it to the... Um, after the first weekend of the fun of the of the NCAA tournament, you're down to uh, after the first weekend, you're down to 16 teams, and so that's baseball is going to expand. They're going to add some more teams, and I predict ultimately there'll be 16 teams, and they do this goofy ass tournament. There ought to be a way to punish the. Now they tried. I'll take my hat off to them. They tried to put the wild card guys at disadvantage by playing on the road for the whole. Five the the whole three game series two out of three. Right. Um, I, I suggested in an earlier podcast that to punish the wildcard team, they ought to like um, the Federal Express, the Federal, the FedEx Cup Golf. 
the last event, the guy that's been the best all year starts like eight strokes ahead of the field. And so why not give the teams that um, have a higher seed, like a three run lead and start the game three to nothing and then see if the wild card team can catch up. What do you think of that? Pretty good. Don't you think? No. What, what, what have you been smoking here at home this morning? <laughs> oh, God. So I thought maybe you'd say load the bases, but a three run lead, just load up the bases for them every time they come up. Okay. All right. Okay. So here's one for you. How'd you like the 18 inning scoreless game because you didn't have a ghost runner anymore? I thought it that was, was entertaining for six and a half hours. Yeah. I can't even remember if that was Ron Darling and uh, your buddy or if it was. Um, it was. It, it was. was Darling. Yeah. 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 So I thought they did pretty good under the circumstances. You know, the interesting thing was that it happened in Cleveland almost too, a 15 inning uh, deal yeah. where um, Gonzalez maybe hit the home run to win. And uh, yeah, I think you're right. I don't know how many. So here's another question. How many other World Series have the number one and number two starting pitchers last name started with a V? <laughs> oh, never, right? See, now that, that's the beauty of baseball, man. Those are good questions. That would now be we need answers. Joe Buck. And earlier in the podcast, I said Joe Buck called Kurt Gibson's home run. It was Jack Buck. God, I mean, how could I do that? That'd be something like Joe Buck. Hey, you know what, uh, Mr. Hall of Fame, John Smoltz? Uh, there's a, anyway, I get off on Joe, <laughs> the Cardinals, and then he hates the Cubs. And so what was the most fun home run you've saw you've seen in your life in a world series or a playoff game, both in person or on TV or listening on the radio. Oh God. That's a loaded question right there. See, again, if you hadn't been late for the production meeting, you could have thought I was, I was late. I'd, I'd have to, uh, of course you got Hank. I mean, you know, the, the ones that are the most memorable ones are the ones that still get played over time, you know, uh, Reggie Jackson, Kirk Gibson, um, Joe you Kirk. know, I, yeah, I mean, I mean, there's, I don't know. I, I mean, here's another question. There's probably been far fewer home runs than, than we probably think that have decided world series games too. Right. You know, like have them be decisive swing of the bats, change the game, won it, won it, you know. But yeah, it's an that's an interesting question. I, uh, you know, the only World Series that I've ever uh, ever attended and and worked because I was still a teenager was with the Brewers Cardinals in '82. Right. And and those guys, you know, they they were. I mean, it was a home run happy Brewer team. So I mean, there there were big home runs and stuff during the whole playoffs and stuff. But I I don't I don't know if one stands out for me you know, beyond what we just talked about, um, whole world series time, but, um, and yeah, I think we've, I know we've talked about, was that played in County stadium? Yeah. Yeah. What a classic. Obviously, uh, old Bush, the second one, there's been three, right. There's been right. three Yankee stadiums and three Bush stadiums. So yeah. it was the second one there on artificial turf. 
the, the first one I went to was 59. Nothing really exciting happened. I remember except, you know, I bought a pennant and I went to the game with my dad, which was memorable. Then the next one I went to was 1980 when the Royals lost to the Phillies. Um, and I don't remember anybody hitting a memorable home run. I remember 85 being at that game in Dane Orchard. You know, that was the Don Denkinger call, which was pretty funny. And that decided the World Series when the Royals came back and won game seven by about 12 runs off of Joaquin. So, I mean, the, the most exciting playoff home run I've been at was in the Cubs run to the World Series. That's you heard the Cubs run to the World Series would have been in 2016. Miggy, uh, Miguel Montero hit that grand slam against the Dodgers. And that was like unreal. Yeah. You know, that there, here's the other one. I was thinking kind of along the line of the same thing. How many unsung home run hitters have hit big home runs guys that you can barely, like, I, I, I would not have remembered that guy's name to be honest with you, but I mean, now that you bring it up, you remember these things. Uh, but just guys that have, you know, certain guys can step up that you don't expect, which to me makes, to me is one of the top of my list of what makes watching playoff baseball special because you can't have one guy step up in the NBA that didn't step up all season. That's a superstar sport. Same yeah. with football. I mean, your quarterback, the, the best quarterback and the best defenses are going to make it to the Super Bowl. I mean, that's just how it is. Um, uns, there are no unsung heroes in those other sports, but baseball, there are, and they make up for guys like you mentioned, El Tuve's had, you know, a virtual, he's been, he's disappeared in, in this playoff run, the deeper they go. Um, but yet this guy's got an incredible amount of experience as a postseason player and success as well. If I'm not mistaken, I was, I was reading some stuff here in the last couple of days. I think he may have the, he's, he and, um, uh, well, there's a core of Astros that are going to be playing uh, Friday night in their, I think their 81st postseason game. I mean, that's unbelievable. And yeah. they've been to the world series for the last six years. Um, I think Altuve has has the most World Series hits, period, out yeah. of anybody. When he he went one for twenty six, and they said he's still hitting two seventy three in the uh, for a playoff batting average. Yeah, I mean that's that's think about that. That's nuts. It is. But, well, yeah. the another anomaly that that runs a little closer to your home is uh, Grisham having that great series in the uh, division. And then laying an egg in uh, in the uh, NLCS. I mean, yeah, that guy. I he, I thought he was okay when he was with Milwaukee, but he wasn't like much better than a two thirty hitter. Was he? He, he won. He wasn't there that long, though. I mean, no. he committed the he committed the error in that twenty nineteen playoff game where the Brewers had the lead and Hader was, and they they shipped him out. They shipped him out during the off season. And, and then he ends up winning a gold glove his first year with the Padres and hits big home runs against Milwaukee the few times they, they face each year. But, uh, yeah. I think out of all the guys in the playoffs that I've watched on TV, he's the least – he looks less like a baseball player than anybody. I, I don't know why. He looks more like you ought to be like an Uber driver as opposed to a guy that 
couldn't miss, you know, out in San Diego. There's I, I guess I guess you just lost the Uber sponsorship. <laughs> That's all right. That's all right. I'm going for Taco Bell because you can't steal first. Anyway, yeah, I was listening. <laughs> People always go, "What's so light about the lighter side of baseball?" I said, "Well, listen to Kashan and me. We, you know, we don't talk that much about baseball." But getting back to it, um, I assume that you're going with the Astros since you went with the Dodgers. Yeah, did I pick the Astros to make the World Series? You, you did. Yeah, did. that was that was uh, incredible research on my part. Um, I got to commend you. Yeah, uh, still haven't lost a playoff game. I don't know when last year they lost a playoff game, but this year they're undefeated. That's amazing. And poor Dusty's hoping to get in the Hall of Fame someday. Well, I mean, aren't you aren't you pulling for the Astros if nothing else for Dusty? Um, I, I'm pulling for the Astros a little for Dusty. They're still the cheating champs from whenever. That still plagues most baseball fans, including me. But uh, you may or may not recall it. Before my brother passed away, I took him to the 2017 or 18 World Series. It was in Houston. They lost maybe to the Red Sox. But anyway, so... He's, you know, I'm pulling for Houston because he was a big Houston fan. Um, yeah, I remember you went to that uh, World Series. Uh, how, yeah. how many World Series have you been to? Um, I've been, and I can remember them all like they were yesterday, I do believe. I went to the 59, and we've talked about that. I went to the 80, I went to the 85, and then the Cleveland. Um, I don't think I went to the White Sox World Series in the 90s. I'm not sure the White Sox did. Went to the Indians in 95 and 97. In 93, I was uh, game one of the uh, first World Series played outside of the continental United States up in um, Toronto. And then I went to uh, the Astros Red Sox World Series with my brother. That might be it. That might be it. But um, you, so you didn't go to the didn't the White Sox win in 04 or 05? They won in I think 04. And I went, I think they played the Angels in a preliminary game, like a division series. I went to the only they they were eleven and one or however many it takes to win the World Series back then. I saw their only loss. So uh <laughs> no way. Go back. Um yeah. Other than that, oh the Royals. Oh my god. Craig. Yeah. I'm getting bad. I went to the 14, 15, and 16 World Series. So you've been to like, if I'm adding this up right, I think you've been to like 10 World Series. Probably. Probably. I have every program, every ticket. Nobody cares. When I die, what are my kids going to do with that other than, boy, let's have a bonfire. No. <laughs> I don't know. I'm man. glad you, you know, here's the thing. Like I, I sent my boys, um, I'll give you a ticket collecting example. I sent my boys to the uh, bought tickets form for one of the NBA finals uh, with the Bucks two years ago. And all they have is electronic tickets. I mean, how, how do you save that stuff for a keepsake? You know, um, I, I, even if you printed it out, it would print out like a um, eight by 11 sheet of paper, black and white, blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? It'd be like a Southwest 
Air boarding pass. Yeah, it'd be like a boarding pass. It's not a collector's item. No. You know, I, so for two years when this policy was going around Summer Major League Baseball, the Royals and the Cubs let me pay extra for hard tickets, but they weren't the cool tickets. Now, the Cubs were a little cooler, but the Royals like charged me a hundred bucks extra to get a printed copy. And the Cubs charged me like 400 bucks extra. MLB. Wow. But then I called my ticket rep and I said, you know, first it was, su it's such an annoyance. I can't, cause that's a souvenir that you pay for. You ought to get a ticket stuff. And um, I said, what if, what if I go to the game and Kerry Wood throws a no hitter? What am I going to do? I, I well, we'd print a commemorative ticket if if a season ticket holder wanted it. I doubt they'd do that now. They're too busy over at their gambling facility trying to figure out the odds on opening day. But um, <laughs> correct. So that's the scoop. The uh, the other thing I pulled out is this 1976 uh, media guide the Royals versus the Yankees that our buddy was involved in Nelly that, you know, didn't end up in the world series, but anyway, there it is. I got a lot more stuff I could dig out. The, um, I made the comment, uh, uh, that I'll share with our listeners. <laughs> yeah. That, let's hear it. that you are, you are seriously just sitting in your own hall of fame museum in your home right now and you have the best backdrop like uh the mlb network uh espn baseball tonight they would kill for your backdrop because all they would have are uh balls in a commemorative case uh, but they'd all be blank but every one of the balls that you have obviously has been signed by somebody and has meaning and i'm guessing there's you know, three, six, nine, let's, let's just say you have 75 baseballs minimum behind you right now. And a, every one of them is in a case on a two tiered shelf. I'm going to paint the picture here. You have commemorative bats in this very horizontal um, bookshelf that has no books in it. It has collector's items from baseball. We have one bobblehead that it looks like to me could be Oscar Robertson playing for the Bucks and Uke. Oh, and Uke. And Uke. Um, so at the Louisville Baseball Bat Hall of Fame or their museum, they have a bunch of bats in drawers. You, you wander around, you pull a drawer out, and there's Joe Jackson. So I figured. I'll put down a couple. I got David Ross and I got David Nelson and I've got Ernie Banks and I've got some, some stuff. I got, I do have a great collection. My six-year-old grandkid was in here the other night. They spent the night, which was a whole new podcast. And uh, <laughs> so whenever I'm gone, they shut the door. You can't go in pop's office. Just leave it alone. Don't go in there. But I was here that night. So he comes in here and he starts looking at all this stuff and he goes, What's this? What's that? What's this? And then he goes, Pops, you're famous. And <laughs> he didn't understand. Ah, see, he knows. He, he knows. Yeah, that I'm not famous. It's all these people that sign these these uh, tidbits of stuff. But man, oh man, it's just um, 
It's great. I got to get you down here for some barbecue and to uh, see the stuff close up because there aren't that many people that would care. But, you know, I've got a lot of stuff, little football, little Muhammad. If you were to, um, if you were to uh, just put a price tag on, uh, you are going to sell all of your collectibles that you've had. You, you're just going to sell everything for charity. What would you like to get out of there? What do you think would be realistic for a price tag? Uh, maybe a 1952 Mickey Mantle rookie card. That'd be nice. But I think that one for $8 million. <laughs> God. $8 million. No, I wouldn't put that high a deal on there. I don't know. You know, with all the baseball cards create the problem. But eh, there's a couple hundred grand I, that I would pay and probably have paid to get some of this stuff. A lot of... I got this beautiful Albert Pujols. I think he might go in the Hall of Fame that Nelly got for me. You know, I don't have all the certificates of, it's just great stuff. I mean, I, um, you know, the, you haven't seen this. Uh, well, I told you about it. I wrote an article when uh, Juan Marichal hit Johnny Roseborough over the head. I got that article framed, Marichal signed it. And then I have the picture that everybody's seen of Marichal about to hit Johnny Roseboro, which was a, a low moment in Marichelle's career. But um, <laughs> yeah, I'd say, you know, it's just uh, uh, the old White Sox stuff, the old Nelly stuff. I mean, I got a Nelly, I have a mini Nelly museum that, um, you know, only you and me and Brian Ward and a few of Nelly's women that he left at the altar would really care about. And <laughs> What I have, I don't think the women would care about. But um, well, I'm going to uh, I'm going to uh, get a side hustle job and save my money so I can afford the admission price to get into the uh, the Uretsky Hall of Fame down there. And uh, I, I'd like to do that someday. I want to see it. The um, I didn't check the Brewers Royals part of the schedule, but everybody plays each other once. The Royals go to Kansas, go to Chicago, so they probably go to Milwaukee. I don't know. They, they do, and uh, and my son's graduating from college that weekend, so I'm already off. Wow. Yeah. Man, yeah. man. You, see, I don't know what I'm doing tomorrow. And that's impressive. Well, I, I, I knew what you were doing at nine this morning, but I couldn't take part, so. I think the... Um, I'm I'm gonna I don't I don't want either team to win. I'm not a big Phillies guy, although you know, okay, Wathan's kid co coaches third base, whoopie doo. I'm not a big Bryce Harper fan, but you know, he's probably the best hitter in baseball when he's healthy. Well, and you know what? Uh at least we have a superstar that's that's showing up for her series. I'm yeah. not I mean, that's what it's all about. You know that's what's why you get paid the money, man. I'm not a Harper fan. I thought I was a dog forever along with Machado and now Juan Soto's in that doghouse of mine. But Harper got out. I mean, the guy is, you may not like all his gesturing, but the guy was definitely giving the appearance that he was there for the team, that he was there for the city, that he was all in to get to and win the World Series. You don't, you, you don't see that. Although I think now everybody... How do these guys do it? You're in the locker room all the time. How do they choreograph all these things that they get when they, they reach 
second base and they do da 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 da. And they, I mean, where does this come from? Well, you know, baseball, Jamie, man, there's a lot of downtime. So <laughs> they, yeah. they come up with this stuff. But it, here's the thing about it they spend so much time together. It's crazy. I mean, they get there at, at one o'clock in the afternoon for a seven o'clock game, and nobody's in a rush to leave when the game's over. They they go out together. They're, I think, more families spend time together maybe than than they have since the era that you grew up watching and loving. To be honest with you, I think there was a a, a span of time where everyone kind of went their own ways. Or guys, uh, when I first started in the in the '90s and early 2000s, and even the 2010s, these guys went out after games. You know, if they were all single together, they went out. And they don't do that anymore. No, no one's out and getting in trouble. They're all, they're all kind of in it for each other. And so that's where I think where a lot of this stuff comes up. All of a sudden, one guy will do something, somebody will like it, and the next thing you know, next game he gets a double and comes out and, hey, see, I remember this from last night. You know, yeah. so. Well, touching on some of the things that, that you mentioned, the guys in my era left the ballpark and then went to their part-time job. So yeah, exactly. Guys did Nelly's yeah. era, you know. I think they they all went out and partied pretty good together. Then I think baseball. There's so many games. The families come to a lot of the games. Yep, especially nice weather and like sure all get together. Yep. The other thing that I think now this is purely my own belief, but I hearken back to Nelly's last weekend with Euchre talking about all the things that they talked about. Baseball is the only sport. Troy Aikman's not going to remember. Hey, remember when you went out eight yards, cut to the left, hit the hash mark, and I drilled you with a uh, with a pass, and you knocked down four guys on your way to the end zone. But in baseball, these guys can sit there and talk about at bats that happened ten years ago and laugh and love each moment. I don't think the other sports, you know. Uh, lend themselves to that kind of distinction between one play to another. I think there are uh, there's more opportunities for big moments in in baseball, and the big moments don't have to be a highlight real moment either. I mean, yeah. there that's part of the um, the continuity of the game, and and the you know the the greatest part about baseball is you know. You can have, you know, to our chagrin, sometimes you can have a 10 pitch at bat that goes five to seven minutes long. I mean, stuff like that doesn't exist in any other sport with a clock. So, you know, that that tends to lend to some big stuff. All right. I remember that. I remember that 10 pitch at bat I had. And then I had that big double blah, blah, blah. And it brought you around. And all of a sudden it's like the Phillies. They're down and then score. They're on the brink of, of losing game one in St. Louis and score six runs in the ninth inning. Yeah. That was a 45-minute inning. Forgot that's a that's a perfect example of memorable things that I guarantee the Cardinal fans all remember that. Yeah. Those, yep. those were the the memorable, the greatest fans on earth. They're, they're, they tout themselves as the best fans in baseball. I'll tell you what, before the third out of that ninth inning, the ballpark was at least half empty. Those yeah. folks, the Rats, that, that was St. Louis ship. Were you, were you kind of shocked to see that? I was shocked to see I that. I was delighted. I was elated. I couldn't <laughs> believe it. It was great. I thought, 
And then what was funnier was the Cardinals with two outs kind of mounted a little comeback. And, uh, you know, and, and then it was fitting that um, uh, the catcher, uh, Molina, made the last out. I thought that was pretty good. I think he made the last out. Yeah, I think he did, yeah. The first ballot Hall of Famer. Um, so last subject, I guess, because we'll prepare more for this subject later in our production meeting, but free agents. There's some pretty big names out on the free agent market, starting with Aaron Judge and and, and uh, I think Trey Turner and Correa and all sorts of guys. I mean, this could be a big time for the Cubs to go out and try to sign uh, uh, Wandy, whatever, Rodriguez. What's Wandy's name that beats him all the time? That old 36. Rodriguez. Yeah. yeah. That's their free agent market. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's going to be a bigger time for you than the Brewers. I'll tell you that right now. So, right. you know, it, if there's if there's a time for the Cubs to get back in this thing, um, I don't see Aaron Judge leaving New York, do you? I, right. I can see everybody else changing teams, but I don't see him leaving New York. And I agree with you, although he may be on the other side of New York. Well, well, I, I mean, yeah, okay. I'll say I don't see him leaving the Yankees. Craig <laughs> and I went over that. That that little routine was a good one. Yeah, yeah, it could be a Met. I can see that. Yeah, I um, could see Correa returning to the Astros. I mean, he's made it perfectly clear that he says, "I'm a product. You want to buy the product? You got to pay for the product." Yeah. Um, what a way! What a way to describe yourself in a loving way. <laughs> I'm not a fan. I'm a fan of that Jeremy Pena. I never heard of him before, but that rookie for that took Correa's place. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. Some, be interesting to see how he does if he continues to do that in the World Series. I'm looking forward to it. I think good pitching should um, move the game along, and I think uh, it'll be fun. I'm looking forward to it, and I can't. Uh, okay, how many games is this going to go? Astros in six. Well, the Astros are going to lose one. That's for sure. <laughs> But I don't know if it's going seven. Well, I, I'd, I'd agree with Astros in six, if not if not in five. I, I'm telling you right now, the one team that couldn't afford to take a break is the Phillies because yeah. they haven't taken a break. They haven't been in that mode. And I think it might kill them. I really do. Well, the formula, their formula is <clears throat> the same as it was with San Diego. Split on the road, sweep at home. Don't even get to a, don't even get to a game seven. Let's just... Right. Shut it down in five or six. Um, the you just mentioned a good point, and my my brain went south with, with the uh, with the break the Phillies have now, which okay. they have not had. They have yeah, not why, had a break at all. I know that the lockouts slash strike pushed everything back five or six days, and that's why they're ending in November, but. You're right. They don't need days off. And is that for TV production crews to move around? I mean, come on. Yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, when we're at this point, they set the dates for every single playoff game, no matter when a previous series ended. And it, and it is all for that. It's for, it's for networks to schedule programming leading up to it and taking a break uh, uh, while a sporting event is going on that they can't have the regular primetime stuff. So that's what it boils down to. But it's, I mean, let's face it, it's not that in the history of television, it's not that difficult to wedge in a pretty highly entertaining championship game. So back in the old days, it was Tuesday, Wednesday, off Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, 
off Monday, finish Tuesday, Wednesday. Then over the last 20 or 25 years, it seemed to go Friday or Saturday, Sunday off Monday because the Monday night football was a big deal. And then Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and finish up Saturday, Sunday, even though they'd go up against the NFL on Sunday. Now it's like Friday, Saturday, and then Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. What? I, I'm sure that the networks figured that out since they're paying billions. But you raise A, two really good points. A, that would be A and B. The fact that they, they don't just start on the fact that they've got so many off days. They don't need, they can, they fly all year from LA to New York and play the next day. Yeah. Um, I, I, I don't know. I, I just think it's going to, I think common sense says it, it, it could easily kill the Phillies um, where the Astros are, you know, they have so many players like we had talked about earlier that, that have been part of these multiple deep run in the playoff world series teams. I mean, this, this type of a schedule is, is definitely, definitely to their advantage. That's probably why they haven't lost yet. Or are the Phillies like uh, that carnival game, whack-a-mole. You just can't put them away. I don't know. Have you been playing uh, whack-a-mole with your grandkids by chance? No, but I'm practicing because the summer is the big carny season here, here. And they tell me I'm, (laughs) In, in and around Chicago, no, I'm not. I, no, I have uh, <laughs> not. But uh, nor have I really been. I've been on a Joe DiMaggio diet, so I've dropped the same 16 pounds I probably told you about before. But nice, well, shape, buddy. So, Why is that a Joe DiMaggio diet? This is a Joe DiMaggio diet. You try to, you try to, you follow uh, games one through 56 on the hits that he got, and you diet for 56 days. I'll be coming out with that when you and I are doing the uh, conversing during uh, baseball games. All right. All right. I'll come up with some uh, fine items too. So we won't be podcasting until we're live on the air in the 2023 season. I think you missed my point. Uh, we're going to, I'm going to get you now <laughs> folks. Kashan, he works. He's trying to be funny. He wants nothing more than to finish off a, Let's do a post World Series within a week of the end of the World Series, so we can. I'll pick the uh, Phillies in five, and you got the Astros in six. We'll see. All right, that goes, and then we'll have a little podcast. I I guarantee I'll hold it down to an hour. And uh, you, you, I, I'm just guessing you're not doing the Bucks tonight. Uh, No, I'm. I'm not doing the Bucks tonight. Back on on Friday. You know, then I looked at when the Bulls are in Milwaukee, and I think it's like um, the night before Thanksgiving. Is it? I don't even know. That's not good. Did the Bulls have any players left? I don't know, but they've no. They've got Zach Levine and some guy named DeRozan, and um, the Blackhawks. We're supposed to not win a game, and they've won four in a row. I don't get it. It's rigged. We'll do the lighter side of the ice some other night. But there you go. All right, buddy. Thanks. Be good. Got it. Let you me got it. put you on hold. Don't go anywhere. Got to go over where I send the check.
All right, we've lost Mr. Kashan, but he's a star. That was spectacular. Gotta love it. Oh my goodness. That was a lot of fun. I I told him uh, we put him on hold so I could figure out where to send the check to. Uh, I'm not sure that got on the... Uh, so I do the uh, production at this end, and then Tyler, my man in Hawaii, finishes it up with a little music and uh, puts these together. These two are going to be long. Then uh, the next podcast is going to be with the former Philadelphia Philly and the former Chicago Cub and the resident of Blue Springs, Missouri, outside of Kansas City, none other than Bobby Dernier. And if uh, some of you want to go back to an earlier podcast, um, I played Harry Callis's broadcast of Bobby Dernier hitting a walk-off three-run game-winning home run. How great can that be? And uh, a guy that uh, I think Pete Rose nicknamed because <clears throat> Dernier led off for the Pete Rose Phillies, and, and I think uh, Rose just called him speed. So we're going to talk to Dernier. He's pumped up. He'll be right off the golf course, and we'll have a fun podcast with him. And then uh, the next podcast is going to be John Wathan, and then uh, – then we'll go back to Craig for 150 and uh, try to get Dwayne Stass. And that'll that'll put a wrap on until the uh, winter meetings on the lighter side of baseball. So, hey, thanks for listening. I don't know if any of you are going to make it to the end of this one. This is exciting. But if you are still listening, then uh, you don't need to know that you can get this on Spotify. Uh, Papa Kino's, my man, they were going to sponsor me. And, uh, they they decided to shut down the uh, Papa Kino's and stick with uh, – uh, the rest of their fine restaurants, which are all good in Kansas City, uh, that would be Mr. Euros. So if you're ever in Kansas City, you got to go to Mr. Euros, the best Greek food on the planet, or Tasso's, our buddy's dine-in restaurant. And uh, Mr. Euros, you can dine in too, but it's more casual. Anyway, uh, that's it for Jamie Reske and Craig Kishan. I hope you had a fun time listening to us, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Later.